Loving God, we thank you for your word, your word that is truth in our life. May it mold us and shape us to be the people that you have called us to be, the people that you have created us to be. It's in your name we pray. Amen. All right, so we're going to start off thinking about 10 years ago. What were you doing 10 years ago? Now, I want you to really think about that. I know it's a long time ago. It's a whole decade. And some of you are like, you want me to think about what I was doing 10 years ago? I can't even remember what I had for lunch yesterday. But I'm not talking about the random specifics like what you were wearing or, you know, what you ate, but, or who you were with. Maybe. I don't know. But we can all remember milestones, or as I like to call them, mile markers. Um, They're the things that are important to us, the things that have happened to us that are significant. And so I'm sure we have many of those throughout our lives. Like 10 years ago, what Pastor Hope and I were doing, we were getting to move our family from Pennsylvania to this place called Bradenton, Florida. And so Pastor Hope could serve a church called Kirkwood. And this church, and let me tell you something, that 10 years ago, it looked nothing like it does now. I mean, you could find the people that were here 10 years ago or have been here for a while, and they will tell you, it looks nothing like it did before. And there are new faces here, but for the most part, Kirkwood is a totally different church. And so that's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. The change is a great thing. From what Kirkwood was to what it is now, we as a church do so much more in the scope of the kingdom of God in our community. The lives Kirkwood has changed and helped touch with the gospel and the love of God is more impactful than the Kirkwood of 10 years ago. But that wasn't without mistakes and fears and failures, as it is with life and family. You are here at this moment of time, not because you made all the right decisions in your life or not because life is perfect right now, but we are here despite all our mistakes, our fears, and our failures. And some of those fears are the same fears that we've had for years or decades or maybe even a whole lifetime. No matter where we are or what we have done and will do, the fears are the same. Insecurity, the fear of failure, the fear of change, disappointment, or even fear of our past. And we are not the only ones with a history of fears of the present and the past. In Scripture, we hear Israel's story, and the past is full of fear. And, and difficulties, and disobedience, and their current oppression of their, of their lives. In today's scripture, God calls on Israel in the midst of all of that not to fear their future. And for many of us, thinking about the future could be a great challenge, full of fear and maybe even anxiety. Every human being has three areas of existence— The past, the present, and the future. The past is behind us, and we live in the present, and the future is ahead of us. 
We can, all reminisce, we can also reminisce about the past, wish the present was more like the past, and our hope for the future is that the past be, that the future be more like the past than the present. And we fear the future. And we don't want to think about it or even embrace it. And even as we look at Israel and Scripture, their future looks more like the present and past as they continue to be exiled because of their disobedience to God. And the nation of Israel would face a few more years of oppression and bondage by foreign nations. Yet God reminds them of who he is and who they are and what he has done in the past and what he will do. Our scripture passage begins with God speaking to Israel. He says, but now thus says the Lord, O Jacob, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. From the beginning, God reminds Israel who he is and who they are. God is the creator, the one who formed them into existence. And we do the same things with the people that we love, um, who are scared or maybe freaking out. We tell our kids when they get hurt, come to mommy or come to daddy, we will make things better, right? Or maybe to your spouse, you're my wife or, or I'm your wife and I'm your husband. We will get through this together. Or how about this classic to our kids? I'm your mother. I gave birth to you. <laughs> or my favorite uh, line from the Cosby show. I'm your father. I brought you into this world, and I'll take you out. (laughs) Whatever the circumstance, God reminds us that he is God and that we are his. He has redeemed us. And we don't need to fear because he created us. He calls us by name, and and to us, and and he has, and we are his because he loves us. But that doesn't mean that everything is going to be easy or that you won't be faced with challenges or go through trials and tribulations. Israel knows this firsthand. See, God has been with them since the beginning. And God has told them time and time again that he will never leave them or forsake them. And God's promise and faithfulness comes as a reminder to them and again. God says, when you pass through the waters... I'll be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. God is not not up in his throne in heaven or the upper atmosphere or wherever you think that God is. God tells Israel that when their water rises and the flood comes, that he is going to be right there beside him, guiding them, protecting them. The waters will not overpower you. You will walk right through the flood, just like the Israelites did when they escaped from Egypt. And when they walk through the fires and trials of life, God will be right there guiding them and protecting them. And they will not be burned or consumed by the flames. 
God's expectation and our expectation should be that we will go through the times of trials in our lives. And the past has shown this. And even our current situations can show this. Whether it be problems with health or finances or family, whatever it is that might make us feel that the waters are rising or we're in the middle of a fiery inferno, God is right there with us, guiding us protecting us so that we won't be overwhelmed or overpowered by our past or our present situation. And again, God reminds us why. He says, because he is God and that he is the one who's holy. He is the one who saved us and redeemed us and he loves us. He says, I give Egypt as your ransom, Ethiopia and Seba in exchange for you because you are precious in my sight and honored and I love you. I give people in return for you, nations in exchange for your life. What would you give for the life of your child or your family? To give freedom to give us freedom from the bondage of fear, God will do anything and everything. Just as our sin requires a sacrifice for the cost of disobedience, so Israel's disobedience requires a ransom for their freedom. God is a God of mercy and love, and he will give everything for their lives and for ours as well. He will exchange the lives of nations and even pay the price for, with humanity itself for us to have hope in a future, freedom from the fear of the past. How incredible is that? That God would pay such a price for us, Egypt, Seba, humanity, and even his son, Jesus, for our redemption. We are precious in his sight. We are honored by God, and he loves us. He has shown this in the past, in the present, and he will continue to show this in the future. God reminds Israel that the promise that he makes, if they trust him and follow him and obey him, he says, do not fear for I am with you. I will bring your offspring from the east and from the west. I will gather you. I will say to the north, give them up. And to the south, do not withhold. Bring my sons from far away and my daughters from the end of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. At this time in scripture, Israel has been exiled from their home by the Babylonians. And Israel has prayed to God for their redemption from their captors and so that they can return to their homes. But not just for them, but for their children and their children's children. Parents do not want their children to endure pain and suffering, and they would do anything to make things right and hopeful for the future. And this was their prayer. And this is what God promises for them for their future. God tells them the same thing he told them from the beginning. Do not fear. I am with you. And with that statement, we hear God's promise not just from the past, but for the present and his command for our future. He says, I will not just bring you home, 
I'll bring your children from the east and the west, and I will gather them and bring them home. I will command the north to give them up. I will command the south to bring your sons and daughters home from the ends of the earth. God reminds Israel over and over again from the beginning who he is and who they are. He says, everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made, you are mine. We remember the past, we live in the present, and then we see our future. But the fears that we have in the past, that we have in the present, will haunt us in the future. And there's a danger for allowing the past, whether they're successes or failures, to bring to us fear of the future or to limit our expectations for the future. Looking at the past can give us if done the right way, it can give us a sense, a new sense of appreciation for God, for all of God that has done through the years. God's faithfulness, mercy, grace, and love, the past can serve as a launching point for the future, which allows us to go forward with a new determination. Friends, we have come a long way here at Kirkwood and the well from what we were a decade ago, and we remember our past, not so that we can wish that things were the way they were again, but we look to the past so that we can see God's faithfulness and change of our church because of our faithfulness in God. We know that we've been blessed, and we have blessed others, and that is our past But we are called to do more. We are called to be more for the kingdom of God. You see, sin will not go away. Sin won't go away anytime soon. We will still all make mistakes and people will still be in need. And the call from God is the same as it was in Israel all those years ago. Do not fear, for I am with you. And I will be with you through the floods and through the fires of life. And God will also call his children home, home to have a relationship with him, home to grow in a life with him, home to live and grow in life in him with our own children. And as we know this from the past decade, that what, he has, uh, what he's done and what he will do, if we trust in God and are faithful to his calling in our lives, in a few weeks we will have the opportunity to be a part of what God is going to do in the future for Kirkwood and the well. We, will be, we are getting ready to receive those whom God calls home. Individuals, men, women, fathers, mothers, children, families. So that God can call them home here to this place. And we will grow in life and faith with them. We will always remember our past and our present, but we don't need to fear our future. We just need to be reminded that we don't need to fear. God is with us. He is with us before, he is with us now, and he will be with us in the future. Let's pray together. God, you are not just God of our past, a God of our present. 
you are Lord and King of our future. Be with us. Be with us as we begin to dream about what is next. Be with us as we begin to to think about and search and pray about what it is that you have called us to do and to be for this community and for the kingdom of God. Be with us as we try to be as faithful as we can to the call that you have given us. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.